Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1538 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And if you are ready to turn your funnels on fire, we have a free step-by-step course created by me at FunnelOnFire.com. Check it out. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, John Pope. John Are you prepared to ignite? Let's do it. Yes. John is the CEO of Jive Communications. It is a cloud-based business phone company closing in on $100 million in annual revenue. He's been an entrepreneur his entire life, and he enjoys the process of both starting and growing businesses. Jive is now the largest privately owned VoIP company, that's voice over internet protocol, in the world. And he's also a co-founder of Jive Communications. So, John, I know you're furious at me that we're conducting this phone call on Skype, but that's something that we'll be getting into a little bit for sure. We'll be talking about Jive and VoIP in general, et cetera. But first, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me here. First off, can I say that I am fired up to be an entrepreneur uh, there is no better profession in the world. Uh, it, it is incredible uh, to be able to kind of control your own destiny. And I love that uh, you've invited me to the podcast. Uh, talk with, uh, uh, with yourself and, and Fire Nation, a group of, of folks who I believe that I've got a lot in, in common yes. with. Uh, we've grown this company uh, to be a pretty decent size at this point. But I think that uh, you know, I've got a lot of the same battle scars as Fire Nation, and so uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, and I would say uh, also that there are a lot of high-profile software startups that you know come right out of the gate with funding and fanfare. But that isn't my story. I don't think it's a story of 99% of the entrepreneurs out there. Uh, so even though we've built this company uh, to a decent size. You know, it's. I love talking about uh, the blood, sweat, and tears when you first start out. You're in first gear. You're dreaming of someday making it. Uh, and as for me personally, uh, I I'm the type of person I believe in execution over hype. I believe in focusing on your strength, both individually and collectively. And I believe in a facilitative leadership style. And I think all of that has helped us to. Uh, uh, to fortunately become uh, a, a larger uh, cloud-based uh, telephony provider, and so uh, and I'm, I've got to I've got to mention that uh, my family yeah. uh, my, it has been incredible and kind of made this whole story possible. So I look forward to getting into it a little bit more here with you. But that's uh, that's a little bit about me. Well, we definitely look forward to getting into it more. And I love how you started with that because so many people do have that mindset where they just have a startup, comes out with a fanfare, they get funding and like, boom, you know, IPO goes and they sell the company and they're off, you know, and, and unfortunately, well, I don't even know if it is unfortunate, but the reality is that's not the reality, Fire Nation. That's not how you see most successful businesses built. You're seeing the tiny 0.0001 percentile of those. You're not hearing about the hundreds, if not thousands, that are just going the opposite direction every single day because they go in, they go into this business with the wrong mindset. So I love the foundation that we're setting here. And John, on that note, kind of break down your area of expertise. Like, What would you say that is in just a couple sentences? My area of expertise is bootstrapping a business. 
And uh, for those who, who aren't familiar, that just means starting up a business with little to no outside capital or, or funding sources. So within that, what's something that we need to know? Because we are entrepreneurs. Fire Nation are small business owners, sidepreneurs. What do we need to know about bootstrapping that we probably don't know? If it's okay, I want to take a, a couple extra minutes uh, to tell the quick uh, story Let's hear it, brother. of my time as an entrepreneur here to lead up to that uh, to those tips because I've got them and, and I am very passionate about this. So just going back 12 years ago, I was in college. I was uh, uh, I had businesses growing up as a kid. I'd make some money on the side. When I went through college, uh, the world kind of pushed me towards. Uh, figuring out, you know, what my profession would be. And I was dragging through school. At one point, I had two classes left to my degree. And I'd been having some decent success doing door-to-door satellite TV sales around the country Mm -hmm. during the summers. Uh, And a lot of hard work, but I kind of wondered if I shouldn't start my own. And there was a point where a few of my friends kind of wanted to get out and try it. And I decided to leave school and, and I would never have a a lower cost of living to start up a new business. So that's what I did. No capital. Uh, we gathered 10 reps, put them on a 100% commission, just went for it. And that summer, we did half a million in, in revenue. Uh, and then uh, found an opportunity to install other companies' uh, deals that they, uh, they had closed. And so I jumped on it. I hired a team of technicians. I even did some of the installations. And all the while, I was uh, I had a low cost of, of uh, personal uh, cost of living, and, and we were in a $500 a month apartment. My office was a four-by-eight closet space. <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly right now, but, uh, but it worked. It kept costs down. Uh, our revenue was up and down. It was unpredictable, and I kind of uh, yearned for the, the predictable income, uh, recurring income uh, of a subscription model. So I opened an insurance agency and I took that money from my first business and I poured it into uh, staff at, at my uh, second, my insurance company. So we hired right out of the gate, kind of a pattern here, hired five sales reps, a couple of CSRs. Every six months we had renewals come in and we would hire, we would use that to hire more salespeople. I didn't uh, give it to myself, didn't you know, raise my own standard of living. And that model made us number one in policies out of over 4,000 agencies at AmFam, despite that we were rookies at it. So within a couple of years of leaving school, I had two growing businesses and we needed a better phone system. And some local company quoted me $25,000 per business for that. Yeah, for a phone system. Uh, I had some software development friends. They had the same issue. And we got together. We decided that all of the existing options sucked. And we decided to start Jive back in 06. And the vision was to offer the most user-friendly cloud-based phone system in existence. And... You probably can guess where I'm going here. Uh, We started off with product developers, and I hired a bunch of sales reps right out of the gate. Uh, Nobody was willing to invest in us even then, even with a little bit of a track record. Uh, And so we didn't pay ourselves for several years. We lived off of other business income and spouse income and grew to $25 million in annual uh, recurring revenue before uh, we took a, a uh, an investment from a minority investor. And that, uh, you know, at that point, we had control of the company. We didn't have to give up much equity. Uh, it was a great uh, uh, arrangement that we had with the investor. 
that made all the difference in the world. Bootstrapping allowed us to do that and allows us to continue uh, to control our own destiny. So I apologize for all the time that I'm putting into this one question, but I will tell you, I've got three lessons that I feel very strongly about because I talk to entrepreneurs all the time, uh, and these lessons are, are almost universally applicable. First off, you reinvest obsessively into sales and product. You outsource or wait on things like HR, legal, marketing, and finance. You need to put food on the table for your business, and that's how you do it. Number two, you lower your personal income needs to the absolute minimum. Most entrepreneurs who are struggling, who I talk with, are taking too much money out of the business. Uh, And number three, when you see an opportunity to shift into the next gear, you got to take it. So those are my tips uh, around bootstrapping, John. Wow. So one thing that I'm so passionate about when it comes to bootstrapping is Fire Nation entrepreneurs usually run out of one thing. They run out of time and they run out of time because they run out of money. And so if you can bootstrap and you can extend that runway, you can extend that time, that gives you more opportunities to get lucky. Now, what's lucky? Well, that's when effort meets opportunity. So you're putting in the effort every single day. The opportunities come along. And the longer that you're in the game, the longer that you're playing, the more times you're going to be able to put in effort, have the opportunity, get a couple lucky breaks and see what and see what happens, Fire Nation. So it is all about the time. You have to extend that runway. Bootstrap, bootstrap, bootstrap. I love those three lessons. John, let's do a little bit of a shift because we've been talking about just how awesome you are and how much of a rocket ship you've been on, but you've had some tough times too. So take us to your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Tell us that story. Absolutely. And there is so much that I'm learning. Uh, This one in particular, so at Jive, early on, our competitors were well-funded. They had hundreds of millions. And what we had to do uh, to survive was to pick out certain markets to aim for where we knew the story, we knew how to sell, we became experts in these smaller verticals. Uh, so we had our direct sales program, we had our partner ch- uh, channel uh, program with resellers, and uh, we had our verticals, including our K-12 group. And this was a group that really helped us grow, uh, continues to do so. But uh, a, about three years ago, there's a, there's a government funding mechanism that reimburses schools and libraries for phone service. And about three years ago, the government decided, just kind of out of nowhere, to, deci- to uh, stop reimbursing schools for phone service. And what, it, what that did was, was to kind of cause the entire market to freeze, and uh, everybody freaked out. Where are we going to come, come up with this, this new budget? And a lot of them couldn't come up with the new budget. And so they, uh, they froze and they, they continued to use these old dying mm. uh, telephony hardware products. And, uh, and so that hurt the, uh, uh, the K-12 industry, uh, caused them to kind of go back in time almost. And, and it hurt our business as we were really building some cool uh, functionality around our K-12 offering. And, uh, and when that happened, we had so much revenue coming in. Uh, when that happened, I, I got to say it, it took me down for probably two, three days just you know, uh, kind of trying to, to, to figure out how we were going to go forward and help that industry that we care uh, so much about. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was a blessing, I think, that we had – uh, we didn't have all our eggs in one basket, 
but it was that was that was really pretty difficult uh, for us at the time. So, in hindsight, like looking back, John, what is your biggest lesson that you can share with Fire Nation on that? Well, I think you've got to be prepared uh, for any. For at any point, you never know how markets are going to shift. There's disruption happening all the time. There's politics happening all the time on a macro and a micro level. Uh, if you have, uh, if you have something that you feel like is a, is a great source of growth for your business, that might not be there tomorrow. Uh, or it might be uh, uh, disrupted for uh, for a little while, and so you've got to be prepared. You've got to be thinking about other ways uh, to diversify. And I think, uh, although that was painful, we were able to survive because we had diversified a bit. And I think that's uh, and and it's an, ex- an extremely important lesson uh, for entrepreneurs to to have. John, what's one of the greatest ideas you've had to date? Like, take us to one of those aha moments you've had throughout the years and tell us that story. So I would have to say, uh, and, and this is something that other people probably understood sooner than I did, but I think it can help a lot of people because I know people struggle with it. Even large companies struggle uh, with this. And uh, you've all uh, I think everybody's heard of, of stories where you've got an executive team and maybe the CEO and VP of sales are, are tight, but then the CFO kind of has his own plan or the COO and CMO have their own clans and it gets really political and, and everybody's got a little bit of a differing vision. Uh, we didn't have anything that extreme but in building this company, everybody, uh, we, had, we had department leaders, executives who were domain experts. That's what you want. You want people who can get the job done. And that's what we had. And everybody kind of went off on their own and got the job done. Uh, but then when, we, when we'd come back together and talk about our, our vision, sometimes it would, we'd have misalignment. And I was, this was probably only a few months ago. I was talking with my, my CMO and we were reconciling some different opinions around the executive group. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that executives need to have dual professional lives. Uh, it isn't just that you've got your, your primary role uh, related to your title, kind of your day job. And uh, then you sync up and uh, and then you go home. You really have to become a committed executive family, and I think this is true even uh, as as a smaller uh, uh, company or a, a startup in the early stages. I think it's extremely important, and I would do it this way right from the beginning. Uh, I told my CMO at the time. I said. Uh, you, you've got to take up a second residence in my office. I pulled up a chair. I pulled up a little bookcase and I said, look, this is your, this is your second home right here. I want to see you in here all the time. I did the same with my four other executives. Uh, and we came up with a, a twice weekly, uh, three hour meeting schedule. And look, I don't love meetings. Nobody really loves meetings. These have been incredible. We thoroughly cover our strategic topics and we fight for alignment and hash things out. We don't, we don't finish until we have alignment and it's grueling, but at the end of it, you feel so good because the benefit is that you're, you are always aligned, your employees always know what the story is, and uh, you can accomplish a ridiculous amount of strategic things, and that's what we've done in the past few months. There is no longer any, man, we got to get to that, or 
okay, let's, let's keep talking through that, you know, think about it over the weekend. There's none of that. We are aligned. We're taking care of the most important things first off every single week. And this team has gelled together like a family. Fire Nation, few people love the middle of that workout when you're just grinding and you're sweating and you're pushing yourself to the limit. We love the afterglow of the workout. We love how it makes us feel later that day, the next day when we had that nice little soreness in our muscles because we know we worked it hard. Just like John said, he wasn't loving those three-hour meetings, but he was loving how he felt afterwards. So you've got to sacrifice to get to great. It's just period. That's just, that's just what it is. So John, that's my big takeaway from your aha moment. What do you want to make sure in just one sentence Fire Nation gets from that story? Well, you have to be aligned right from the top, no matter what size your business is, and you have to come together and discuss the most strategic, most important items. Spend that time together. Don't put it off. Don't do it out of convenience. Don't do it just when something escalates to the top. Push all of this, all of the day-to-day stuff out of the way uh, for a decent amount of time every week and get together and hash it out. I love facilitative uh, management. You get the best ideas when you get the group together. You collect uh, the best thoughts from everybody, and then you you come together with a group uh, decision on where to go, and everybody is bought into it. It's just incredible. So make sure to spend that time. Fire Nation, we are going to hash out the lightning rounds after we thank our sponsors. My biggest goal for 2017 will be focused around health and something that's helped me jumpstart that goal before the new year is even here is Athletic Greens. Before I dive into my day, I love having my AG drink. That way I know that I have my bases covered. AG has over 75 ingredients working together to help with 11 different areas of health. It's by far the most complete whole food supplement on the market. Because I love AG so much, I asked their team to arrange a special deal for Fire Nation. If you check out AG, you'll receive 20 single-serve travel packs valued at $99 completely free with your first order. Just visit athleticgreens.com slash fire. Getting into a daily routine with Athletic Greens will be the single best thing you can do for your health and success this year. I know it will be mine. So many people are focused on increasing their website traffic, and the problem with the strategy is that the result is usually more unqualified leads landing on your site, otherwise known as wasted traffic. What if you could instead convert more of your current traffic into leads? How can you accomplish this? Simple. FireUp.co. FireUp.co is what we use at EO Fire to turn our website traffic into leads and email subscribers. The best part, it is free. Learn more at FireUp.co. John, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I'm ready for it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, Simply put, I was... uh thinking that I needed to finish school and that I needed startup capital. And the world was telling me that I needed a job first and to have all of my ducks in a row. Uh, And uh, when I got past that and took the leap, uh, it all made sense. And I was able to do what I was passionate about. What is the best advice you've ever received? A guy told me once early on, 
He said, have the courage to start a business on your own. A lot of people look for a business partner because they're scared to do it alone. And that often leads to failure. You've got somebody you feel like is in that same boat with you and you share the risk with them, but then you didn't pick them for the right reasons. Uh, You did it more uh, on emotion and you don't need to have a business partner uh, if you truly are an entrepreneur at heart, uh, face those challenges and, and get started uh, and add business partners for the right reasons because they complement you. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? So I give myself one primary goal each day. Uh, it's got to be something that uh, feeds up into my longer term goals. It's got to be something that's realistic. And I don't go home until I achieve it. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? So this one I I love. It's called Speak uh, with two E's, Mm. uh, speak.com. These are the the easiest conference calls that you can imagine, hands down. You got no dial-in numbers, no pin codes. Uh, You essentially uh, go to a browser or go to the app and click and you're in. And uh, I liked this this service so much that we bought the company. Oh wow! Uh, it's it's incredible. No longer having to uh, memorize pin codes and numbers while I'm while I'm driving. Uh, it's it's the easiest and best conferencing service around. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? Traction. Gina Wickman read it very recently, but this thing uh, I love uh, moving past the theory and getting into the uh, the nuts and bolts of what to do. And he's got some uh, some real uh, kind of hands-on models on, on how to take your business to the next level. Uh, and I love it. it. It really resonates. So you should give it a, uh, give it a shot. Uh, and also I would say, and I'm kind of weird this way, but I love reading uh, biographies oh, yeah. about entrepreneurs. So anything that, that gets into the nitty gritty, the story, and I've been reading about Larry Ellison, uh, and Mark Benioff lately, and kind of the mistakes that they made. It's like I can go through and make those mistakes <laughs> without actually making them. I'm just reading about it, and it's incredible to uh, to see how that happened. It kind of just becomes part of your de- uh, your decision making uh, rubric once you you know you collect all of these stories. Yeah, from- they become your mentors because they're there. They're telling you what their mistakes are, and you can avoid those mistakes. And John. Let's end on fire, brother, with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. I like to keep it simple. I would say be obsessive about reinvestment into your business. Don't get caught up in the routine and allow it to just become a job. Uh, you probably started it uh, so that you could you could achieve freedom in some way, whether it's freedom financially, uh, whether it's freedom with with your time, or whether it's freedom to work even harder at the things that you choose to tackle as as challenges and chart your own course. But be obsessive about reinvesting into your business so that you can keep shifting gears, keep taking it to the next level, uh, and avoid getting sidetracked. Uh, and how uh, how to get a hold of me? I love talking shop with entrepreneurs. I've got a lot of customers that I uh, uh, keep in touch with. Uh, just you know, we can all help each other. I'd love it if people reached out to me. Uh, my email is john at jive dot com. Pretty simple, j o h n at j i v e dot com. Uh, you can reach me uh, through LinkedIn. 
Uh, feel free to reach out, connect with me there, and check out Jive.com. Anybody in Fire Nation who wants to uh, check out Jive as a telephony service, uh, we will give you uh, – <laughs> I'm going to give you two free months. What? Anybody in Fire Nation, uh, I just kind of made that up on the spot. I want to hear from <laughs> you guys. Uh, check out Jive.com and mention Entrepreneur on Fire, Fire Nation, and we'll get you two months uh, free to start. I love all of this in Fire Nation. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with JP and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. If you just type John, J-O-H-N, in the search bar, his show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today, the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And Fire Nation, when the founder of a $100 million company says, shoot me an email, we can talk shop, um, shoot him an email and talk shop. That's J-O-H-N at Jive, J-I-V-E dot com. Reach out to him, connect with him via email. Again, he mentioned LinkedIn as well, so you can find him there too. And uh, jump on that two free months of Jive. Why not? And John, thank you, brother, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. It's been a blast. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with John today. And if you're ready to master productivity, discipline, and focus in just 100 days, visit themasteryjournal.com, and I'll catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side.